the power of God into salvation. Aren't you thankful for the power of God? And it's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want power in your life, you need to have the gospel. Amen? And the gospel on your lips provides the potential for the power to be released in people who hear. It's important that people hear the gospel. It's interesting that you can be all around somebody. Uh, somebody could be around Christians and, and people that, that believe, but unless they hear the gospel, that, that door isn't open to them to be changed and to receive the power of God. We need to have the gospel on our lips. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to be an example. That's not enough. Amen? It's not enough to just be a friend. Now, thank God for friendship evangelism, but at some point, the Holy Spirit wants that person that you're reaching to hear the gospel of Jesus. And when that gospel is preached, the power of God is available for them to translate them out of the power of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and translate them into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Amen? And so the power of God is available for us. And, um, but it's in the gospel. Some, sometimes we pray for more power. You know what? Sometimes what people need is more gospel. Amen? Because power is in the gospel. And so um, in uh, Romans, the 10th chapter... One of the things that we do in being witnesses in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth is what we do with the gospel. We need to be people of the gospel. In fact, you know, um, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a minister. You don't have to be an orator. You don't have to be somebody that is really eloquent to share the gospel. It's as easy as telling your story, your testimony. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And, uh, and then giving the, the substance of the gospel within your testimony. Right. And um, you can win somebody to Jesus. Somebody can be in heaven because of you. Because of your love for them enough to put your, your, um, your, your, uh, you know, your, your fear aside so that you can just share the gospel with them. Amen? And so here we see in uh, Romans 10, says, But what saith it, in the 8th verse, What saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Eleventh uh, verse. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew or the Greek. For, there, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Here's another anti-racist scripture in the gospel. Amen. There is no difference between race from the Jew and the Gentile. Amen. And then uh, verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're in a world today that people need to hear the gospel so that they can call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? And so, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So I was reading down through your, your website and the, the, the um, you know, the, who we are, why we exist, why we do what we do. You know, I believe this to be at the very core of it, that the gospel is proclaimed. Yeah. Why do you have times where you're spinning in the presence of God? Why are you bringing churches together? It's not, it's not a, a, just a cultish thing to do. You know, there's different groups of people that do things. They gather and stuff. But no, no. There's a heart that I saw in why you exist is to make Jesus known. To proclaim the gospel. Amen. You get empowered here so that you can be a witness out there. Amen. And so, whosoever call, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those are some of the most wonderful promises that we have in Scripture is that of salvation. Amen? We know that there are so many things that come to us as believers that are, are promises, that are, are blessings. But you know what? The greatest miracle, the greatest promise is that of salvation. Lester Summerall, I heard him say this. He says, never lose your passion, your desire to see somebody saved. He says, it'll keep you from becoming flaky. Amen? Have a passion to see people born again. Amen? So I want to tell you um, a couple of stories today. The first one, um, if you could bring up that first picture, Jeff. I want to show you this guy. His name is Beam. He is one of our team in Nepal. He's been with us all through in different parts of the Himalayas. We do medical camps that are platforms for sharing the gospel with Hindus and Buddhists. Sometimes it's the very, you know, we're the first Christians that people connect with. And, and um, we share the gospel. We make sure that we proclaim the gospel to everyone who comes to these camps. And we've seen miracles. We've seen healings. We've seen people get saved. And... Uh, we can have great faith in the gospel, amen, that it will produce, amen. So Beam, you know, he's the most, he's just the sweetest guy. He's a servant. He's very, very bold. He's very uh, confident in the spirit of God. Um, he's a sweet guy, and he, he will serve our team. He'll carry bags. He'll cook us breakfast. He'll do all kinds of stuff. But I asked him one time, tell me your story, Boom, and this is what he told me. He said this. He grew up near, have you heard of Mount Everest? Um, Everest is the highest mountain in the world, by the way, and we have been up in that Kumbu region. This uh, Himalayas are like the Rockies on steroids. They're twice as big. Twice as big. You come up to Pikes Peak and you think, okay, that's just halfway up. And uh, so his home is in, in just a beautiful area um, of the Himalayas. 
And uh, when he was a little boy, he, he wasn't a Christian. His family weren't Christians. And uh, his dad uh, needed to make money because they were so poor. So they, he left their village and he went to India to make money so he could get that money and come back and provide for his family. And so when his dad was in India, he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and it produced faith in his heart. He accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And he worked his time there and then came back. When he came back, he was thinking, now how am I going to tell my family that I'm a Christian now? They're Hindu. They have Buddhist practices and stuff. Very demonic, very demonic stuff. There's witch doctors. And um, so when he gets back home, you know, he's thinking these things over. Well, he comes to his home and he finds that his wife is sick. And not only is she sick, but the doctors said that she's dying and that they didn't know why. They had no, they had no answers. They had no treatment for her. All they said was, she's dying and there's nothing we can do for her. And, and so this was Beam's mom and Beam's dad came back as a Christian and he, he found his family very sad. They were despondent. They were mom's dying. And, and it was very heavy in there. And as he sat there and he, he took this in, he remembered hearing a message that Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Among other things, amen? But that one stepped out, you know, jumped out at him. And so <clears throat> he stands up and he says, I have something to tell you. He said, I believe in Jesus Christ. I've given my heart to him. And in the Bible it says, Jesus said these words, if I believe, I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He said, I'm going to lay my hands on my wife. And so he went over, he laid hands on his sick wife and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And you know what? It was immediate. The power of God came in, drove out whatever it was that was in her body, and she revived, sat up in bed, and everybody in the house was happy. What has happened? Did you say you were a Christian? You believe in who? And he got to share the gospel in his house. Amen? Well, she walks out of the house, and people in the neighbor, the villages are like, well, I thought she was dying. Look at her. What is this? What's going on? And the message grew and spread. Jesus Christ healed her. Amen? Amen. Up in a remote part of Nepal, up in the mountains. Amen? No Christians, no, no missionaries. And so then uh, everybody in the village was like, wow, this amazing man, tell me about this. Except one person, which was Beam's father's brother, who was a witch doctor. And they used their witchery, you know, these, these deceptive things to make money. So, you know, they, if somebody's sick like she is, they'll say, well, give me some money, we'll... We'll sacrifice a chicken, or we'll do this or that, and we'll spread the blood over here, and, 
And of course, it's all demonic stuff. It doesn't help anybody. Makes them worse. We've seen stuff that witch doctors have done. But he was mad. That witch doctor was mad at his brother. So much that he, he knew how to present or um, pronounce curses on people. And so he cursed his brother with death. But you know the curse causeless will not come? And that guy was washed in the blood of Jesus. And that curse just bounced right off of him, off of Bim's dad, and went right back on this witch doctor. And the, it was tangible. The guy could feel that curse come on him, and he started to get sick right away. And he was like, oh, no. He, it was just, he was a minister of fear, and he knew what had happened. He went to the doctor in desperation. The doctor says, well, something's going on in you. We don't know what it is. You're dying. And so he went back to his home, and Bim's father heard about it. And he went over to his brother's house, went in and said, I know what you did. I know what you were doing. I know it came back on you. I prayed for my wife. In the name of Jesus, would you like me to pray for you in the name of Jesus? Now, which doctor said, yes, yes, please. So he laid hands on his brother and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And you know what? The power of God came and hit that guy. And the, that disease and that curse was broken off of him, and he got up immediately healed. Amen. Now, of course, the power of God released in a village like this. What we found out later is that Bim's brother, the, the witch doctor, or his uncle, became quite a man of God. He planted 15 churches up in the Kumbu region. And this was all without any Western missionary. Amen? The gospel will work on anybody who believes. Whosoever. You know, we're in a, in a political climate now where there are people who are being grouped. You know, tribal. You know, that word tribal is kind of coming around. But, um, you know, we're, we're of one tribe. Of one kingdom. And we're not split up into a bunch of little things where there's division. He's brought us all together. Amen? And so we see that, that um, whosoever, whosoever, you're a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. But you know what? We live in a world of whosoevers. Whosoever. All they need is to hear. And you can pray for people that God would set them up to hear. Because sometimes people's ears are not ready. Their heart is not receptive. But through prayer, their heart can be prepared. And you may not be the vessel that shares the gospel, but you could be the one who prepares the soil. Amen? There's more power in this room right now. It could change this whole city. And it's not just, it's not because of who we are. It's because of who he is. Whose we belong to. 
the authority that we operate in. You know, it's not the policeman that the car is afraid of. It's what that badge represents. That's why he can stand up in front of a truck, put his hand up, and that, that truck's going to stop. There is a power that stands behind us. Amen? In Acts, the third chapter... Are you glad you came this morning? In Acts, the third chapter, we see the account of Peter and John going up into the temple to pray. And there was a lame man. Um, he was lame from his mother's womb. He never knew how to walk. Never knew. Didn't know, probably just watched people walking and wondered what that would be like. But he was a beggar. He needed people's money. And um, Peter and John, Peter fastened his eyes upon him. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And we see that, you know, can you imagine Peter grabbing a hold of his hand? The guy probably, you know, he put his hand down. The guy probably gave him his hand. And he, through faith, in the name of Jesus, just hoisting him a bit. And when that hoist happened, strength, healing, a miracle started taking place in the muscles and the joints. And, and life began to shoot down through his legs he never felt before. And he came up. And you know, it wasn't no small thing. It says he, he was running. I mean, I mean, can you believe this? He's Looking at his legs, he's running. He's, he's leaping. He's probably seen people leap. I'm not, I'm not a good leaper. But I used to be, but not anymore. Um, leaping. And then he was praising God. People are like, hey, that guy looks like that beggar. What's, but he's running and leaping. And so this was a big deal, right? Kind of the same kind of thing that happened. And... Um, this is on all the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. You get a guy like that, there's not going to be any whole holding back on emotion, right? You can't be cool and be on fire, right? You're going to lose your cool. And um, so they were amazed. And uh, this, it also says that he came and, and he held on to Peter and John. Can you believe that? Don't you think there's probably some tears? The people are just touched by this. They were, they were, he was holding on to Peter and John. Look what these guys did. You know, he didn't, he didn't know it was Jesus. These, these guys just lifted him up and look what these guys did. I got legs now, you know, and he's hanging on to them. And so Peter and John, they had to say, listen, don't look at us like we did this. And I love this scripture right here. It says in the 16th verse, and he said, and his, his name through faith in his name, Jesus, hath made this man strong, whom you see now and know. Yea, the faith which is in him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Wow. Here's a, a, a wonderful miracle. Listen, faith in the name of Jesus can make you whole. Amen? 
you can have perfect soundness in your body. Amen? But he wants this to happen outside. He wants this to, help, this to happen with other people, people that don't even know. So he had to tell them the truth. And of course, then the religious people, they were worried about what was going to happen. They, they were grieved. You know, the devil gets grieved when great things happen for the kingdom of God. Right? But in the fourth chapter, in the fourth verse, it says, How be it, many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of men was about 5,000. That was a good day, wasn't it? About 5,000 people believing, calling upon the name of the Lord. I believe we can see those days. Amen. I believe that can happen. You know, um, I want to share one more story if I can. Bring up this next picture. You guys recognize this picture? That's a great man of God right there. And uh, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for his witness. I'm thankful for his example. And I'm thankful that he, always, he, he made time for me. I appreciate that. He took time. And the recall of Scripture, he's a man of God. Right there, that's a man of God. And you know, um, this, this is a, a heritage church, Pastor Ted. This is things that he had planted, uh, things that have been set in motion, um, things that have been prayed out. Um, this is still part of what God has showed him and things that, are, that God used it through his life. Amen. It's coming out through his heritage here. Um, I remember, I think we were at the Deutsches, uh, Timmy and, and um, what's her name? I'm sorry, Rachel, that's right. We're at the, at the wedding, you know, and uh, I got to sit and talk with Pastor Ted for a little while. And one of the things he said to me was, he says, we're seeing many more healings outside the church than we see inside the church. And I said, he goes, 80% more. I mean, just it, it happened so easy out on the street. And I'm like, well, can, can I go with you? Can we go out and let's do this? And he goes, sure, let's do it. And so we set up a place to meet. And it was down um, on the Milwaukee Beach. Did you know Milwaukee has a beach? <laughs> so, I mean, it's not your beach destination, but, you know, it's pretty nice in the summer. And um, it's cold in the winter. But... Uh, we, we met up down there, and we, you know, Pastor Ted didn't have beach attire. You know, he had, he had his dress, shirt, uh, dress shoes on, his slacks, and, and a button-up shirt kind of like that right there, and his sunglasses, and uh, so he didn't look like he was going there to go to the beach. And, uh, and I was with him, and we went, and we started, and he told me some things. He said, listen, we're just going to minister healing to people. And uh, so um, he said, we're going to pray for them, and I'll talk to them, and I want you to lay hands on them and pray for them. And, you know, um, I like that because, you know, he involved me. You know, it wasn't me coming and just watching him. He wanted me to be a part of this process. And I think that's part of church is we want people to be a part of the process. And... Um, so he, he, uh, we, we prayed for a couple of people, some guys that were Christians. They experienced some healing right, right, right away. 
And then as we walked into the beach area, um, there was a four black kids that were just good-looking guys. They're, they looked like they were athletes, probably in college or something. Very, very fit guys, and they were wrestling around on the, in the beach and digging holes, and, and uh, we walked right up to him. And uh, Pastor Ted said, hey, we're, we're um, some ministers here in, in Milwaukee. I'm a pastor. He said, um, I just wanted to pray for you if you have any uh, pain in your body. And these, first of all, their, their knee-jerk reaction would be just like you could imagine. like, who is this and why are they talking to us? You know, kind of thing. And um, so they kind of stood there in kind of shock. And then one of them, you could tell his mind was working. He was just, he was going to have fun with this. So he, he pushes the big, one of the big guys. There's a big fella. He pushed him. And he said, man, you've got pain in your knees. You know, he was kind of throwing him under the bus, you know, to have fun with him. And, and Pastor Ted looked at him and said, really, you have, pet, you have pain in your knees? He goes, actually, I've got pain in both knees. And uh, he goes, well, I'm just going to have my friend lay hands on, on his knees. And um, he goes, can we do that? Would that be okay to do that? He goes, oh, sure, yeah. And so I just, just real simply just reached down and, and put my hands on his knees. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Well, this guy... He goes down into a deep knee bend. He goes down, he goes, oh. And so it's like when he came to the top, he went, oh. So he's like, oh. Oh, and it was really funny. I mean, it was really, I mean, and his friends were laughing at him. And they, he, and he goes, no, 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 guys. Goes, My knees are completely better. They feel great. And he, kept, he keeps doing knee bends over here. So, oh. Oh, and at one time he was, oh, and he looked over at me and he goes, you got some special powers? <laughs> and uh, Pastor Ted said, listen, we don't have special powers. That was Jesus that healed you. And then one of the guys that pushed him, actually, the same one that kind of was teasing him, he said, well, I've got a bad knee. Can you pray for my knee? He laid hands on his knee. And it wasn't better right away. But it was, I mean, it was better, but it wasn't perfect. And um, so he goes, it's better. It's better. And he says, well, let's lay hands on it again and we'll pray. And so, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And you know, he started doing those deep knee bends too. He's like, wow, my knees are great. Pastor Ted, he said this. He goes, have you ever heard the gospel? Have you ever heard about being born again? And one of those boys said, yeah, I've heard about it. And he said it, what he thought it was, and it wasn't right. It was kind of, you know, he kind of had an idea, but it really wasn't clear that they had an understanding. And so what I observed right there with those miracles provided a platform for the gospel. And they didn't have to get saved to get healed. They didn't have to get saved to experience the love of God, the power of God. God touched them right where they were at. But the most important thing was that they heard the gospel. 
And so Pastor Ted, I love him. You know, he's, in, he's enjoying the presence of the Lord right now, isn't he? But he said this. He goes, listen, this is what it means to be born again. And he basically said Romans 10, 8 through 10. Believing in your heart, the Lord Jesus' confession, with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead. And then he said this. He said, listen, it's not just believing, but it, now it is your life of following Christ, that there needs to be repentance. He was very clear with it. But what I observed was that there were, there were people all around, girls in swimming suits. There were people, loud music, everything's going on in that beach, you know, just a beach party atmosphere. But those four boys, they didn't care about anything around them. They were giving their undivided attention to the words of the gospel right there out in the middle of that beach. And they all prayed and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. There's no different strategy. I mean, there's sometimes we have to do things that uh, over on the mission field that may, it requires maybe different techniques or different methods or something that's a little more cultural, but the word of God remains the same no matter where we're at. The gospel is the same. The power of God that accompanies the gospel will manifest anywhere it is believed. Yeah. You hear people say, oh, this is a hard place. Don't ever say that. Amen. Milwaukee's a it's not a hard place. It's not a preacher's graveyard. Amen. This is an easy place for the Spirit of God to move because He has vessels who will share the gospel. Amen. So we have seen um, things change, like in Nepal, church planting, miracles. But people need to have revelation knowledge. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus and he prayed that we could just understand because that scripture has been penned for us, you and I as well. But the church at Ephesus, he prays, I pray the God of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what is the exceeding greatness of his riches. The exceeding greatness of his riches, of his glory in the heavenlies. And what is the greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Do you know that there is power when you believe? Our believing is very important. Our confession is important. You know, Mark 11, 23, and 22, and 23, and 24 talks about how faith works. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Romans 
10, 8 through 10, talks about believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. You have to have both. Amen? This is how the kingdom of wor kingdom works. This is how your faith works. Your confession, what you say is important. Amen? It was important for those boys to confess Jesus as their Lord. Faith came to their heart when they heard the gospel. But they had to do something to activate their faith, and that was their confession of faith. Listen, just as we have been saved, that's how we continue in him. That means that you still need to believe in your heart. You still need to confess. Amen? So that's what we have before us as the body of Christ. That's what God's plan and purpose for your life is. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. Even in your mouth. You need to not have it just here. You need to be speaking it. My brother-in-law, Mark Hankins, he has a, a friend, a rapper. Um, his name is Minista. And uh, he's planted a church in Philadelphia. He's a good rapper. And he's, God saved him. He was in jail. And, you know, he had, he had a pretty bad background. Um, but God changed his life. And God is using him now. He is full of the word. And when he, when he raps, man, the word of God comes out. But what he said, uh, what, you know, sometimes um, rappers will, or, or groups or gangs will have these little hand signals that they'll, they'll hold up and that represent you know, who they are, what they believe. Well, Minister and Mark came up with one and is holding three fingers on one side and one finger on the other side. It's Mark eleven twenty three. Three times Jesus said to say. One time he said believe. We have to emphasize speaking God's word. Amen. It's important that we walk in this, that we understand it, because what it does is it gives us more authority when we share the gospel. Amen? Bringing people to a place where they can confess Jesus as Lord. Amen? So we're in a time of harvest. I believe what Sue said is true, that there is a harvest here. We are in a move of God. There is an awakening. I'm so thankful that this church is contending for it, gathering people, praying. This is what we believe. This is what we are going for. This is what we want to see happening. It only happens as we desire it. Amen. What a great blessing you have in this church. But you are a whosoever. It's up to you to be a part of it. Amen? Amen? Just like me going to Africa, you know, I'd grown up and I had faith in Christ, but it was really, you know, I was just kind of riding on my parents' faith, on their relationship with God. I, I, had, to, I had to personalize it. There is a personalizing that we do with the Great Commission with our faith. Amen? When you do that, you will be found in situations like this, like with Pastor Ted. I'm so thankful for that. 
You don't have to be a pastor. In fact, when that guy said, do you have some special powers? Pastor Ted said, listen, no, we don't. That was Jesus. And in fact, if you receive him, you could do that too. You don't even have to go to Bible school. You don't even have to be a part of a small group, right? You believe on Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. Amen? Praise God. Once you stand to your feet. Did this make any sense today? Say this with me. Father God, I'm a whosoever. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe in your power. I believe that when I share the gospel, that it is your power that is released. And through your power, there is redemption. Through your power, there is deliverance. Through your power, there is healing. Through your power, I will be a witness. Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to quicken each and every one here today. Lord, that we would be filled, as the Apostle Paul said, with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That the grace of God would rise up within each of us as we demonstrate the gospel through pro proclaiming it to those who've never heard. Father, we go places that uh, people have never even heard about Jesus, but Lord, there are people in neighborhoods and in parts of this city that have never understood the gospel. They need it proclaimed. Father, we lift up our eyes to the harvest today. We pray, Lord, uh, the Lord of the harvest, that you would send forth labors out of this church into your harvest Lord, not only in our Jerusalem, but in our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Lord, we pray for a move of your spirit that would cover the earth, for the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Lord, that experiential knowledge, that knowledge of experiencing healing, of breakthrough, of deliverance, of the power of God, of your anointing, in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for this house, this church, this body. Pastors, Jennifer and Clayton, Lord, I thank you for raising this place up in the name of Jesus. Amen. To do your work, to show forth your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just, as we were praying for you guys, just see that your pastors, I'm glad Clayton just came in because we want to pray for you guys. See that you